Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, hello, hello. Leavers, believers, everybody else, anybody else, all of you, welcome to Leaving Hillsong. My name is Tanya. And I think for everyone looking back on Leaving Hillsong, a really big part of it is how it has affected your mental health as well as all kinds of other aspects of your life. But what's it like when you already have a diagnosis of a serious mental health condition? Now, I've known Sarah for quite a few years and she is an extraordinarily brave woman. She is very open about her diagnosis and has spoken in her workplace and openly in other forums along the way and she very kindly agreed to talk with us because she was also in Hillsong for a number of years. She's an executive working full-time, she's got children, she has a partner, she has a very very busy life and her insights are always so interesting, so helpful to the conversation and her advocacy is just so invaluable. 
I know you're going to find delusions of reference really, really interesting. It's no longer a question, I guess, of how they affect people's minds in in places like these churches with quotes around it. Uh, it's now just a question of how much. So, I know you've got your snacks. Settle in for Delusions of Reference with Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Hi, how are you? Yeah, good. How you doing? Good. Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking we had one of those conversations the other day where we were like, yeah, so much good stuff was coming out and we were like, oh, we should have recorded it. It would have made a great podcast. Um, exactly right. So we should try a reenactment. Um, it shouldn't be that hard. I really appreciate your time. You're a very busy person. We're a number of as they say. So um, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, I, where do you want to kick off? I mean, we, we're going to jump into the topic of mental health and Hillsong or perhaps, yeah, mental illness and Hillsong. As someone who's been through it, mm. who has had a diagnosis and has attended Hillsong, um, really interested in what was like for you. So put us on the map first of all with kind of what year, years you were there. Sure. So I was strong for about six years. I was at the city campus, which was what? just Waterloo back then. And I was there from late 2002 to five, six, seven, eight, early 2000, maybe I'd say five and a half years. So early to up to early 2008. So I think when I joined, it was kind of just after the prank stuff had happened. So I didn't really know about it, but there was still this weird cloud of energy <laughs> yeah right yeah like the the years after okay yeah yeah and I mean you you tell me when did you get a diagnosis yeah. how had you been experiencing life before that I mean tell me much or as little of your history as you feel comfortable yeah sure so as you know Tanya is my friend and you know I'm quite open just generally about yeah. my mental health stuff and my story, so pretty sure I was 19 or 20, 19 or 20 when I joined Hillsong. And I, at that point, my diagnosis was uh, major depression and PTSD. Okay. But later on, my diagnosis was bipolar disorder, which still is the case and makes complete sense right. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what drew you to Hillsong, do you think, looking back now? Well, at that time, I think I was, uh, my, my life was a bit crap. I think I was just in a situation, like, I, I think I was kind of searching and I think I was needing, yeah. I just was really desperate for a sense of escape, not just from my, like, the mental health struggles that I had and this idea that, you know, like, this is how life is going to be forever, but also just, I think, from my situation that I was in, I was with this guy who was just not good for me and I was just in this crappy kind of living situation him. And so I, I think... One, I was, I was kind of searching and secondly, I think there was this sense of escape. Like this, I just needed to feel like I could get out. Well, I, what say that that, I mean, what was first time like? Who took you? I mean, someone. 
Yeah. So there are a couple of people that I had worked with at a job that I was at previously. And one of them had started going to this church and the other one had been at that church and I didn't know her that well, but she had been there and then she kind of came work for us and, and then she was kind of not churchy for a while and then she went back to it and I'd just never heard of it, but she kind of stayed in touch with me. And anyway, somehow I ended up at, there with her and it was all very new to me because mm-hmm. I hadn't really been raised in church really at all, let okay. alone like the, the Pentecostal stuff. So yeah, so I went to a service. Yeah. Okay, and I mean, what made you continue? You must have liked something about it. Oh, I don't know. I think it was a bit weird. I wasn't like weirded out, but it was a bit very strange to me. But I think, I I think the exposure I had had to Christianity and God, like I had had some personal experiences as a child. Right. My mum's atheist. My dad was Christian, but not really practicing. So I kind of been here and there a couple of times with him, you know, to a Baptist church or to him, but not really churchy church. But I felt like when I was a child, I think I had some special kind of connection to God. I was in mm-hmm. my own way. And then I just kind of went out the window for a long time. And then I think when I was there, I think I felt like, oh, they actually, because I went to a Catholic school as well. And I just felt like I just, okay. the one really like does any of this is just or I think Hillsong, they're very, you know, no, this is the Bible and we live the Bible and we, this is how we live. And so I thought, oh, they're like doing what it says. So I felt, at the time I felt it was like a genuine following of Christianity. Yeah, that seems pretty, pretty reasonable. I mean, how long was it before your mental health stuff got tested there? Like, Yeah, I think look, it was kind of part of what hooked me, I think, because... <clears throat> When you live with the diagnosis and it, it was something that was significantly impacting me a lot at that time. And, and I just didn't, you kind of living with this idea. It's like, no, you're always going to have this and you just got to ha- learn how to manage it. But when you're always feeling like crap, like you're not really, you kind of have periods of time where things are kind of okay, but then you're not really okay. And then I just think, cause this idea that there's, help outside of the medical world, there's help outside of the physical world that we know. There's this, you know, healer, there's Jesus, the healer, and there's God as the healer, and there's this spiritual component, and it's like this magical thing that's like, no, you can heal from the things that have... And then I think the idea appealed to me because I'm like, no, I don't have to... It's not going to be this way forever. It's not going to be this way for the rest of my life. So I think it was a sense of hope, as false as it was at times. Yeah. Sounds kind of reasonable to me. I mean, that's what you get presented with. Um, yeah. How involved did you end up getting? Like, were you doing the several times a week? I got, yeah, I got involved pretty quick because I kind of went a few times and then I did the, you know, does anyone want to get saved? And I did the hand thing. And then I think, you know, you get, you get loved on pretty quickly. Because there's like this whole new Christian scene go there and they come up to you and they give you the Bible and they shake your hand and they take you in for the copy into the new Christian's room and you got to, oh, you got to get in a connect group. Let's get you in a connect group. Let's get you connected. And here's the new Christian's pastor and here's his people and come and talk to these people over here. So I think it's very, very like get you connected 
really quickly to a lot of people and and I think quite quickly I got involved in serving I don't know I can't, I can't remember the first team I served in but there was like they used to do discovery courses which was like the new Christian courses I did those courses and then after I did them I was like helping on that team yeah I ended up serving on a few different teams and eventually I, I was in like a really crappy situation like living situation I got away from the guy but I think it was like this was like the cop out that I needed to it's like no no I'm religious now so we can't be together yeah um this so I was like God's fault don't blame me how did that work uh it, 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 I mean uh, you know I, I was like I think I just felt really obligated to be I was with this guy for four years and it was just really okay kind of an abuse situation and I was very young and I I don't know why I think you know when you're a young girl you feel like you owe people stuff like I should have just left because I wanted to leave and shouldn't have felt like I needed some like reason that wasn't me doing it I don't know so it worked yeah left yeah so, yeah, I got involved pretty quickly. And when I got away from him, I ended up in a Christian share house situation with a bunch of Hillsong College students. And, yeah, so I was there. So I was kind of just living. I was there. And then, you know, like I was at church. So I kind of went to a couple of services a week. I was serving on this team. And then I was serving on like the e- Hillsong Emerge Street team for a while. And I was like, there was some other team I was serving on. I can't remember. And then I started doing night college. I just just got really absorbed really quickly. I didn't really like the youth ministry. I don't know. I found it, the whole thing really overwhelming. So I hung out with like the frontliners. Yeah. So I got involved very quickly. Yeah. And I mean, you as long as I've known you, you've always been a full time working person. Were you working during the day and then doing all these, having all these extra responsibilities? Yeah. Yeah. I worked. Yeah, I worked full time. I always, always worked full time. So I'd like work full time and then, you know, like go home and then go to church because I've got to serve this or I'd go straight to church because I've got to serve after work. Yeah, so I was, I was very busy, but I think it was just like, you know, you're swapping one thing for another and you're just trying to keep yourself busy with this idea, with this like idea that, you know, if, I think it was like this idea, well, if I, if I'm at church more and I'm doing, you know, religious activity more and I'm serving more and I read the Bible more, then maybe God will heal me. Oh. Maybe that's the breakthrough. Maybe that's like the, like I thought, like, oh, this might happen faster. Or maybe it's just, you know, this is going to open me to the breakthrough. The, 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 the. And then I, you know, the, the testimonies that you hear as well, like especially the ones that yeah. they like put up there, the really performative ones, like, oh, I was in jail and I was like, did this many drugs every day, you know, I was here and, but then God saved me and then I was over here and then I was preaching over here. Like, you know, those types of testimonies yes. that like, it's yeah. like, I don't know what it is. It, is there a, like a term called like testimony porn? It was like, well, yeah, I don't know. Right. I testimony kept, porn. I kept yeah. thinking like we were not as nice people perhaps as we are now when we were teenagers, but there was a guy who used to share at our youth group and a friend of um, mine used to, we used to call him rats in his eyes because like that's how extreme it would be because he'd be like, and then I was in the garden and I had rats in my eyes. But like he didn't say that, but it, yeah. 
felt like that. So I the story and it's like do you do you feel like you just feel like are you telling the story because you really enjoy telling people all this stuff or because you're like Well is your miracle, is your salvation as like important and cool if it isn't bigger and better than anybody? Yeah, that's what I felt like. It's like, oh, you yeah, have this thing. So I was like, okay, well, I've come from like here and here and here and here. And I've got this like really terrible mental illness. But no, it was true. But like, and then I'm like, oh, cool. God's going to do this thing. And then when you go to the service, like, because on every one Wednesday a month, they call it a healing service or a Holy Spirit service. And I think this was like the remnant of Frank, because I think after Brian took over, it was less like, Tongsy and and Spiro in the actual ser- like the main services. I think the gifts and all of that, like those types of things. Like I think Brian liked a bit more order and less of that the Spiro stuff in the services. But I think very it's much, still very like, behind the scenes. Very contentious. Yeah, I think he yeah. took it in a bit of a different direction. So mm-hmm. I think, but I think the Wednesday, I think that was like the Frank remnant of like, oh, this is the Holy Spirit service, and this is where you know it's just free. You know, there's prophecy and speaking in tunnels and this and people falling over and doing weird shit. So I don't know. Like I had a couple of experiences there that felt really profound at the time. I still don't fully know what to make of, to be honest. There's a YouTube video called The Town That Caught Tourette's and all the teen girls, and they're picking it up on TikTok as well. Like they're picking up ticks from each other. It's like a social no. thing. Yeah. Um No. There's this entire, like, this school where so many of the girls develop symptoms of Tourette's syndrome just from hearing. Well, not just from hearing. I didn't judge for yourself. It's worth mm. a watch. But, yeah, it's – sorry, I'm not trying to put answers in your – No, 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 that's really interesting because I think no, there is, like, it's like when there's a – it's like this mass kind of – you're there and you're clapping and it's kind of happening all around you and I guess it's like – most mm. suggestive thing and then you know the thing they do when they kind of sway you they're like put their hand on your head and then just kind of pushing you and they're trying to like sway you and like yes holy spirit blah 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 and i don't know but the first time i, I almost had a question some of them the first time we have we we got pushed like it such a sh- <laughs> so there was all that and then you know you get these prophecies and i think for me and back then i didn't you know i later my my Diagnosis of bipolar made so much sense, but this this prophecy that's like you're going to be this and you're going to preach to the nation, and you start like thinking about these like scriptures in Isaiah and all these like Old Testament books that are really just like really deeply symbolic and stuff mm. that we have no concept of. But it it was like oh you know, kind of started to read these scriptures and personalize oh God's speaking to me through this and He's telling me that oh and the seven headed beast is this in my life and He start like that's like to me that's delusions of reference because I just felt like sorry what's delusions of reference when you when you're personalizing when you're reading a Bible okay and you're reading a book like Isaiah and you're reading a book like Revelation and talking about seven-headed beasts and, and all this stuff that's like had really specific meaning at that in that situation, in that book that requires, a, you know, proper interpretation, but you're personalizing it to your current. Yes, God's telling. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. 
Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Me that I'm being persecuted and that he's going to be the beast that blah, blah, blah. And you start like reading the Bible like, oh, yeah, God's saying that to me and he's speaking to me. And this is the... Isn't that what they tell you to do, though? I mean, you take it as yours. Yeah, because you're claiming it. Yeah, and then the whole thing, like, you know, the holy and this whole thing, I don't know if they still say this stuff, but, like, you know, that you'll get, if you feel like God's telling you something, ask for confirmation, and the Holy Spirit would give you three confirmations. I don't even know yeah, where the yeah. But where does it say that? And I started going a bit, like, it's weird because I think it did hook into that manic aspect of my, the way my brain is because hmm. that grandiose their grandiosity and it's like you're you're special and you're going to be this and you're going to be this star. So it's like it's not just the escapism that I think I was really vulnerable okay. to at that time that I probably okay. wanted but also the mania, the, the madness of like, it, you know, you're extraordinary, you're special, yes. you're different, you're chosen by God, you're anointed for this, you're going to preach nations. It's like this... Thing. And you're seeing the, how people are treating, you're seeing this kind of sense of celebrity in the hierarchy and the culture and how people are on stage and everyone like, and it does like, you start to want that and you start to think, yeah. oh, that's going to, you know, that I'm not going to, I'm not just leaving this life behind, but I'm going to have this kind of testimony and then I'm going to have this, I'm going to go from this to this. It's not enough just to say, can I just have an ordinary life and just be content in working a normal job and not being some weird Christian celebrity <laughs> and living a normal life. And uh, there's no, yes. well, it's not like encouraging you to be like, hey, like, let's find peace and contentment in that. It's just this like hype, like this weird hypeness that I think for someone with bipolar disorder who is, you know, has a, a vulnerability to that kind of thinking and, and and even the psychosis aspect of like the you know delusions of reference and delusions of grandiosity, thinking yep. that they're this really important person, and then God's speaking them to them through the TV, and then God's speaking to them through yes. some person Isaiah that has absolutely nothing to do with you or your situation or your job or anything at all. It's talking about some like event of the Babylonians doing this. It's got absolutely nothing to do with you. And I think the way they encourage you to interpret the Bible and hear from God is really like I feel like that feeds into mental illness and psychosis. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. So the very things that they're telling you to do would be psychiatrically frowned upon anywhere else. I would think so. I think that it's highly like suggestible and I think it does it I think it does prey on people's vulnerabilities. Oh, you are prone to the 
mental illness and even people who aren't because right. I, and I've said this yeah. to you, Tanya, people that I've known, I knew 20 years ago, like I, I knew them quite well and we're at a lot of the things together and socialized or, and they're like, they seem like, I mean, I, I don't like the word, but like, they seem quite normal. Like I, I was mentally ill. Like, yeah, you seem like a normie, right? Yeah. And living these lives and they just, you know, one works in finance and this one's over here and living these normal, normal lives, going to their place to have a barbecue. And then suddenly they're just, they're caught up. Like you see them on Facebook 20 years later and, and, and they're really strange with you and they have these ideas that they've brought right into the QAnon stuff. Okay. Uh, Around like the time when like the whole Trump thing and then they think, no, no, Trump's still the president mm-hmm. and he hasn't really gone and it's all this secret stuff going on and then the COVID vaccination stuff and thinking that this is like the end times and that, that every, all these events are like, you know, they're this remnant and this is the end times and they're chosen by God and they're the only right ones. It's just we have- gotten really, really weird. Hearing that since I can remember, so 35, I mean, it could be tonight, you know, revival is here. Could yeah. Be, you just don't know. I mean, I wonder how they don't get exhausted after 30 years of, you know. And, that, and that's the other thing too, because I think when you go into the service and the mood and the expectation of your mood and your response is like, yeah, Jesus is alive. Right. Yeah, salvation and how constantly, how, how do you, do, does anyone really feel a thing that or is it just this pressure or are people kind of heightened and elevated and it's kind of inducing this, this response? Because that's another thing, like to kind of induce this emotional response makes you a lot more suggestive too. But I just feel like that feeds into that kind of hysteria. Yeah. I think there's things that, that that don't help for someone who's mentally ill or prone to that or people who may not have even had a sign of mental illness. Like, mm. I just feel like it's, yeah, not what, healthy. What? Chicken and egg stuff, hey, like. Yeah. How much is that? You know, how much if you repeat the message to people that, you know, this Bible is written for you. It's, you know, anything could be applicable to your life. I don't know how it works. It's just God's word to you. And if you kind of read something and you feel like that could be saying, and you're looking for your act of, oh, is God speaking to me? Oh, yes, this verse jumps out at me, has absolutely nothing to do with anything. And, and you're, oh, yes, that's God telling me that he will smite my enemies, who is my boss that gave me feedback (laughs) I didn't like this week, you know? And if you look at even like the way things have gone with, with Brian Houston, a lot of, you know, since he, he's left and, and the way he's, him and Bobby responding to, to things and then language they're using, it's all very delusion. I think delusions of persecution. Oh, oh. They think they're persecuted yes, and all these yes. Bible verses that you, they're the righteous and they're the enemies. It's like, who's the, who's your enemy? Who? Someone sharing their truth, someone sharing their impact of your behavior. And I think it's just this constant, like, constant, like, they're constantly this, like, victim of persecution in every turn, every single person in every single turn and every person that has something to say or has 
an experience that wasn't glowing. Oh, just we've seen very much with Bobby, like you were talking about the delusions of reference, like she's compared herself to all kinds of people, including Anne Frank, you know, various posts. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the whole, like, use of the word narrative, and I'm so tired. Oh, like, I want to punch someone in the face. I'm just playing that word. I can't handle when Krishna sees the word narrative because, like, I've just heard it so much from that hill kind of hill song victim space. Okay. It's like, interesting. It's like, yeah, cool. There were some news articles you didn't like. Okay, cool. But, like, you, you have literally, like, you're not looking at the facts. You're not addressing the facts. It's like, this is what's happened. It, you know, like, there's reasons that Brian's no longer there looking into their finance finances there's documents that have come out like are you going to argue with the documents and talk about context and some journalists you don't like or, or are you going to say actually this is exactly what the documents say well what do you, why do you think they're posting like that then I mean, because i think they're so far up there you know what's with this they're so far like the culture of the church is like this is the effect that their services and the way they do their church ha- has on people. This is the way that it's influenced. Like I just think they they convince themselves because I think they you know when you're the, at the top you want to surround yourself with people who aren't gonna challenge that. Like you can't be wrong. They can't be wrong. That's not true. And I just wonder if you know if those messages are even meant for thinking people or if they're just for the next crowd or something, you know, like he's not hoping to convince you. But who's the, like, the thing is it's all loaded language. It's like, who's the enemy here? Who's the enemy? People who say things you don't like. Oh, and people who speak out about mismanagement of money or, or the fact that they were sexually assaulted or harassed. Who went, who's the enemy here? Who Like, it's, there's never a definition. It's just basically anyone that mm-hmm. says things that I don't like or speaks out. And here, or that, writes an article. How does that affect like a mental health condition? Because that vagueness, quite, it's all deliberately vague. And Scott Morrison, when he was prime minister, used to do exactly the same thing. So that you can't mm-hmm. hold him to anything specific. Enemy. Well, it's all very loaded. It's all very loaded language. It's all very obtuse. And I think it's also just a way the wall they can hide. And I think Brian and Bobby, Bobby especially, because, you know, if they're at the top and they just surround themselves with, you know, people who are going to like worship them and not, not challenge anything and not say this stuff. And the people who do are kind of pushed out. They're not like, where's their opportunity for self-awareness? Oh, I think they've become less and less and less and less self-aware over time but to, to you know, come yeah, out like when it's just the absolute face of all of this stuff. It's all come out and and it's all, you know, this stuff is facts. But there's um, a consequence. There's been almost no consequence. addressing the fact. It's like, well, they keep talking about, oh, the church. It's like if, I don't know, it's. I mean, I'm interested in when, like, if you tell me like a bit about when you maybe had an episode or something happened while you were attending church. Like, as you say, you go along and then when did it hit home? Because like during my adolescence, it was all about demons of mental illness was demonic. And if you cast a demon out, it would all go away or something. 
some of that works in the background. I think at the time I joined, there was it was starting to evolve less, like spiritualizing every single thing towards. Okay. I, I think it yeah. was slowly becoming a bit more progressive and around the mental health stuff. Like I have to say, my in in terms of what pastors or leaders said to me, or their mindsets around mental illness, I I didn't have a terrible experience. I think m- most were pretty supportive. I think it was just more like in terms like socially, I felt like there was a lot of, it was more like the pity one. It's like, oh, yeah, that's that depressed girl. It's like, oh, it's an impression. It's like, cool. And now we all know that's like, you know, one in four or five people have like yeah. a major health episode in their lives and we don't have to keep pretending like we don't anymore. But I, I think it was just more of like a sympathy vibe at that time, which I really felt, I think when I, I know we'll talk about this another time, but when I went into Mercy Ministries and the way we got looked at like we used to get gawked at in church, sitting up there every week. It's like, oh, there's the girls doing the hard work. Go girls. Oof. But I think after after Mercy, I think around like the mental health stuff, there was a time I tried to apply for Bible college. Mm. And it, it, the form asked me some really weird questions. And I feel like Bible college was still kind of another bubble within the hill soul and I think it retained a lot of that old stuff and a lot more control went on mm-hmm. and I remember the the form asking me about all this stuff and I think I remember it asking me about like you know am I insane and sexual things but I think I definitely really specifically remember it asking me about medication am I on any medication and what is that medication for and I wrote it down because I wasn't I was on medication and the pastor who I was close to in pastoral care, like she was like, oh yeah, you should go, you know, you should apply. No, you're doing really good. And then I applied and then it got knocked back. I got this letter saying, unfortunately, I wasn't successful. And they prayerfully considered my application. And when I called them, she was kind of surprised. She said, that's weird. And then when I called the number and talked to the guy and he just said, yeah, we just, we prayerfully considered it. And it's like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. But I, my absolute gut feeling is that they I was on medication and that was too sinful. <laughs> like I was like, yeah, I have a mental illness that I take medication. Well, I'm pretty sure. From all the memories, the accounts of college students, you know, the, mm. the conditions can really exacerbate or create mental health struggles that are, you know, quite serious. At yeah. I, maybe they already know how much stress they put people under and Figured, yeah. I, I think the bubble within, because I did, like for a lot of that time, I did live with college students. So I did see the pressure they were under. And I, I, I know about the stories and, and people who've come forward since then as well. And it, and I think the way, like the amount of pressure they put them under, the amount of hours they had them serve and the yeah. amount of control yeah. they exerted over them and their lives and, and the punishments there, you know, I don't know moral failings what do they like to the language they like to use you know for things and just I remember that blog that came out I was talking about you know like oh you had to confess everything you had to go through a fine-tuned comb and confess oh have you ever masturbated have you ever done this 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 and it's like they just hone in on something and then suddenly oh you, you they think you're gay and therefore you can't serve in children's ministry or something I feel like Hillsong College was a bubble, like a really, really toxic, toxic bubble underneath the outer Hillsong bubble that was mm-hmm. kind of starting to progress a little bit. Like, 
but I think it was more on the surface. And I, obviously I wanted to attract people that the Hillsong College bubble, I think it was so much more easier to take advantage of people without having to do this nice dance around everything. Yes, you heard correctly. Sarah was one of those lucky, lucky women who graced the halls of Mercy Ministries and has done a lot of advocacy around that as well. And we will be moving on to that, hopefully being joined by uh, one of her colleagues. And of course, there's part two of Delusions of Reference. We were interrupted by the waking of a small child but we did continue on and that will be with you very very soon thank you so so much for taking part in this conversation if you've got uh, thoughts anecdotes ideas messages please do send them on it's a really important issue it's something we really need to crack open and bring into the light the mental illness that is caused by Hillsong and churches like that, that is caused by the culture, the pressure, the environment, the music, the lights, there are endless factors. So if you've been affected by that, by all means, get in touch, send us a message, leave a comment, tell us what it's been like for you, because, yeah, from trauma to bipolar to religious trauma syndrome, there's just so much, so much here. So thanks for listening. Stick around, part two won't be long. And uh, keep being kind to yourself. Keep being kind to the people around you. And keep leaving Hillsong. And we'll talk soon. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.